I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the challenges broadcast network TV, remember them, uh, faces in getting back into the Emmy race. Is there any hope? Plus, you're going to hear a snippet of my conversation with the creative team behind Better Call Saul. That is not from one of the major broadcast networks uh, that we did at this year's Contenders television event. You know, the thing is, broadcast TV has kind of been DOA at the Emmys for a long time. Long time. But at this point, at this point, they don't even really get invited to the party anymore. I mean, they if host you look- the party, but they wouldn't get invited to their own party if they No, did. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm Honestly, with the way award shows are going in terms of like their ratings, which is not good. I'm surprised the broadcasters don't ditch this thing because it's like, we don't even get to promote. One thing that ABC gets to do when they have the Oscars is they use it as a tremendous promotional platform. I mean, Oscars this year being slightly different, but you know, they use it as a platform for their material, for their hosts, for their stars, even for their you know sports programming and everything else. It's an ABC packaged event. That yeah, doesn't you know, happen with the Emmys. You don't get to play like that. You almost get nothing. No, you know what's interesting is no matter how television and the landscape of television is ever changing constantly and more things being added, the one thing that doesn't change is the Television Academy's wheel agreement. It's called the wheel of the four so-called broadcast networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, who trade off each year in broadcasting an Emmy show they're barely nominated at. Well, and, and listen to this, NBC, as they have done for the past several years, which are, the, are, are broadcasting the Emmys this year, they're like, yeah, we got the Emmys, but you're not touching football. So the right. Emmys are being moved to Monday again, yeah, which is exactly. kind of like, again, DOA zone in terms of television. So, yeah, you, you know, you have to kind of put the respect ratio up there. Well, you know, it's very difficult. I don't know what happened because broadcast, you know, is all the Emmys were about for the longest time. Okay, you know, what's interesting is uh, this is us is in its final season, obviously. And that's been the only network show. An NBC uh, show, an NBC show. An NBC show who are hosting the Emmys. So that's been the only network show in recent years to actually get in the drama series race. Uh, it's been a little spotty on and off. Uh, but but, you, been- but you know, it's interesting you say that because because you've often talked about in the past on TV talk and I know other places about how series finales can be catnip for okay. for awards. I mean, I think may, maybe um, and rightly so, by the way, I might add that ABC's Blackish, which just ended its run. They might have a chance in the comedy category because of this. But it's like you've only you got to show up with that to get their attention yeah. nowadays, with the I exception, think- I would say, of Abbott Elementary, which has been so groundbreaking and actually able to attract an audience both critically and popular. But otherwise, honestly, like they should be nominating Blue Bloods because it's kind of the only thing that a lot of people watch on network TV that isn't unscripted. Maybe network TV has done it to itself by, you know, being the equivalent of major studios only interested in sequels and franchises. And that's what a lot of it is. It's not like the days of old that had these really prestigious drama series and, you know, a water cooler comedy series and things like that. Or, or things, or things like limited series like Roots, you know, right. where, where the they're whole nation was transfixed. They're not 
even in the limited series game, but I want to bring up another NBC thing now because I talked recently with Renee Zellweger and uh, she has the thing about Pam, which I had to keep looking and checking. Wait, it, it's, it's NBC. It's broadcast NBC. And it's just the kind of thing that the streamers are doing uh, that, that broadcast TV isn't doing. That kind of true crime uh, thing is a limited series with a major Oscar winning star at the helm there. And that was presented as an NBC show. And she, she told me I wanted to go back to that kind of thing when we all watched broadcast TV and we all talked about it and we did all of this. And that was her motivation. And that is really, when you look at the limited series clip, which we talked about recently, thing about Pam is the highest ranked one on a broadcast uh, network uh, uh, and uh, on the Gold Derby rundown, but it's listed at a hundred to one yeah. to, uh, to uh, actually get a nomination. And you, you scroll down until you get to this and there's like 27 other shows above it. Well, I mean, I, I think in the limited series, I think ABC's Women of the Movement. That's the only other one. Yeah, but, but that's the sad thing to say. Like, you have to you you have to dig to find these. You know, I'm not you know I'm not looking at those lists the way you are, but like that, we're both old enough to realize that obviously the industry is changing, and obviously viewership habits have changed, and obviously demands of the industry are changing. But it feels like for the most part, network TV doesn't know how to respond to the change, except to ask for more sports, please, if they can have it, like something from Oliver <laughs> Twist. And I don't yeah. think that's that's going to be effective on one level, as it is for ratings, for sure reasons. But those ratings are now being challenged because now the streamers and, and to some degree cable uh, and lesser degree cable are now encroaching. Eventually, the NFL will be on a streamer. It's not a, it's not an if it's a when. And so you know, I, yeah. I predict it'll be Amazon because they've got the they've got the, the pocket, the deep pockets to grab it. But it could be Hulu too. You know, Disney could decide that this is the or Disney Plus. They could decide that this will be the shift, along with the Marvel and Star Wars silos. This is what will get us the big viewership. The networks, for the most part, and I was raised on network television. You yeah. know, to the point where I used to go home to England to visit my family in the summers, and they couldn't believe like. They had BBC One and Two and ITV, which all which turned off at 11 o'clock at night if they were lucky. They couldn't believe that we had three channels and then four channels and even this weird thing called HBO. Now it's gone. And, they, and I just wish that some of the corporations that own these companies, because with the exception of Fox and the Murdochs and their kind of you know boutique student network, so to speak, um, they're all owned. I wish they would put some of the investment into it that they're putting into their streamers, which are not exactly burning up the, the internet, if you know what I mean. No, they're not. You know, it's interesting, too. I went on. I am a member of the Television Academy, have been forever. And um, I am a former member of the Television Academy. Uh, okay. We get we get those the things constantly uh, now. Uh, FYC notifications and you get a code. And you go in and you got your whole digital universe there in one little thing where each, um, you know, network, whatever you want to call them, streamer or whatever. Yeah. So I went into the network, the broadcast network ones to see what they were pushing here to get back into the Emmy race. CBS had only that I could see two series out of drama series, comedy series, limited series, only two. And they were both in comedy Ghost, yeah. which is a new show that they are promoting. They were even at our contenders 
event with that. And the neighborhood, which is Cedric the Entertainer, which I think is a pretty decent little uh, sitcom, but it hasn't been able to get traction at the Emmy yeah. so far. And it's saying, so their big hope is Ghost. Otherwise, it's variety special, places where the networks can play. Let's talk about where they can play. Variety specials, talk yeah. shows, um, uh, reality shows, those kinds of things, live stuff. The same with NBC, other than um, This Is Us and Dana About Pam. You know, it's all about Annie Live celebrating Betty White. This is what they're p pushing to um, uh, the uh, Academy members. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, they don't even seem to try anymore yeah. on their bread and butter show. Well, and, uh, that, and that, you bring up a good point. And, like, you know, CBS, to use that example, CBS has some real potential contenders, um, one of which is Evil, which was uh, developed by the Kings of The Good Wife and The Good Fight fame, many other shows, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the hallmarks of CBS production for near on decades now. And Evil started off on CBS, and it did pretty good. Mike Coulter, star of Luke Cage, and some other people were in it, great. And then, and I'm making this example to hark back with what I was talking about before with the emphasis on the streamers, then, as they were called, Viacom CBS, now called Paramount Global, I believe, but maybe not by the time that this podcast goes up. Um, they then went, oh, no, 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 no. It's going on what is now called Paramount Plus, where it's been now for a season and a half, so to speak. But that essentially takes it out of the broadcast race and essentially, yet again, removes either another prestige, but that wonderful hybrid, that unicorn of both prestige programming and popular programming that can actually exist there, which, you know, let's be honest, their numbers might be going down, but networks are still the place where we can actually gauge in some real numbers how these shows are actually doing. Totally. Unlike, hint, hint, Mr. Sarandos. Um, but, <laughs> not even, but so Evil is a, is a perfectly great award contender from a broadcast perspective, but you throw it into these tsunami of streamers and it can potentially get lost, which is a yeah, shame. Yeah, well, you know, that's the... Um, the network thinking probably because they all have financial interest in these other outlets, these streamers and things like that. They run these shows when they're on uh, broadcast television, in many cases, the next day on Hulu or whatever it is um, that's connected to that particular network, in this case, ABC. So it's getting a little bit of that, but the Academy members, the voting members seem to look down on it, even though they're employed in massive numbers by these broadcasters. And even though the Television Academy is financially uh, rely, reliant on having the Emmys on these networks, it's almost like, yeah, we'll take all that. We'll do all that, but we won't vote for it yeah. because it's not hip to vote for it. We're going to vote for this other stuff that, you know, we have nothing to do with. And with, I will still come back to, with the exception, the obvious exception this year of Abbott Elementary, which has been, which has broken through the noise, which has broken through the clutter and has really shown something new. And I think part in part because of the, the quality of the writing and the performances are outstanding. But I also think in part Abbott Elementary has been successful because of the pandemic, because I think so many parents dealt with so many of the challenges of their kids in school. When they actually got to see a comedy about school, it was, there was some degree of release, I would say. Yeah. But all I'm asking is, you know, I did an interview recently with Gary Oldman that we put up on Deadline that was about his Apple TV Plus slow uh, Apple TV Plus series Slow Horses, and it had its season finale, kind of series finale because they are bringing it back. 
but they're adapting another one of Nick Heron's books, and now it's going to be called Dead Lions in its second iteration. I believe there are eight books, so it might have many iterations. And he talked about, you know, he talked about the way in which he kind of looked at the industry. And, 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 and he talked about himself and his process. And in part of that, I kind of was joking with him, but he kind of copped to it. And he talked about how he used to be watch Columbo and think what fun Peter Falk had. And maybe that was part of the reason why he decided to finally do a TV show. And he talked about, you, you know, his character wearing a raincoat and stuff like that. And I just don't feel like we're finding those kind of icons to grasp from broadcast television anymore. I mean, no. you know, you and I can still have, you know, I had a conversation with someone recently at a political thing and I made a comment about Jed Bartlett and they knew exactly what I was talking about. I feel like the last time we've been able to have those conversations with maybe the exception of Abbott Elementary and to some degree, This Is Us, was when Empire was on, Lee Daniels and Danny Strong show. Otherwise, no one seems to have the, the no one seems to be a part of the zeitgeist when it comes to the big four. Not anymore. You know, I mean, now it's years ago, the good wife on CBS was before This Is Us, really the last of the broadcast networks that were nominated regularly in drama series. And what happens to the sequel to that show? It goes off the network and onto their little sideshow, the CBS Access, which is now Paramount Plus. And the good fight is thriving there several seasons now, uh, but there's no longer a place for a show like that yeah. on network uh, television. Uh, the network television is about news, it's about live shows, it's about award shows, it's about all of that, but it ain't about these marquee categories of drama, comedy, limited series, even movies. Yeah, and, that, and, I th and I think that that's incredibly short-sighted because to go back to what I said earlier, I think that they, they're betting a lot of the farm on sports and yeah. sports will move to streaming. Once Jeff Bezos buys the NFL contract, yeah. everyone else is going to follow. Bas baseball, basketball, hockey, all, like lacrosse, I don't know, pick your sport. They're all going to go to streamers because they're all going to want to be in the solar system of the NFL. And that's and then what's broadcast going to be left with? They're going to yeah. be left with the mass singer. And I guess you could bring Rudy Giuliani and Sarah Palin back. Again. <laughs> uh, um, they're going to be left with shows like that. They're going to be left with specials. Talk shows. They're going to be left with award shows that are have like cratering ratings. Yeah. And then they have a, they have late night TV. And then they have an afternoon of syndicated shows of like, you know, half-baked celebrities now talking to you about their half-baked lives. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's really interesting. I, when I looked at that FYC thing for ABC, one of the shows they're presenting to uh, Academy voters is the celebrity dating game. You know, I mean, come on, folks. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's so bad that if you brought back Battle of the Network stars, you might not be able to get a full bench if you use yeah. the word star appropriately. Yeah. In that vein, yeah, you, my let friend, me, let me let's talk, talk about, about let, let's talk about a real star, which is Mr. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. I had the pleasure of talking to him at our Contenders Television event, along with Rhea Seahorn, who is so overlooked in the Emmy. Now race. that's a, that's an Emmy nomination. That it is time to bring that one home. We need to, and you know, we need to do what we can for Rhea and everybody. We had Jonathan Banks, my friend. Jonathan Banks, um, uh, Giancarlo. We had yep. the cast. We had Peter Gould. It's a really good conversation here for a really good show. Better call Saul. Take a listen.
Peter, you know, this is a lot of pressure as creator, and you and Vince Gilligan, and Gilligan's back in the writer's room and very much involved in this as he was right at the beginning with Breaking Bad, but here you merge it. It, it is this series prequel leading up to where Breaking Bad comes in, so there's so many questions, but what is the level of challenge and pressure to get it right for the fans here? It's the uh, Rubik's Cube from hell. Uh, it's no, it's 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 incredibly challenging. It's incredibly intimidating. Uh, but starting the show was the same thing. You know, doing a show in the shadow of uh, Breaking Bad is really tough and scary. Uh, and uh, we're just happy that it, man, it came out really well. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, what do you say? That was Andy Williams singing "Days of Wine and Roses." But in the actual first episode, the first scene. It's the most, it's so beautifully shot. We see uh, moving vans and people coming out of this house, but it, I've never seen neckties shot so beautifully. And <laughs> I, 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 when you see it, you'll know what I mean. Um, uh, to that, uh, Wine and Roses, which says so much, if you know that song, says so much about the relationship with Kim and Jimmy Saul, all those names that he has taken <laughs> uh, here, uh, codependency, all of that. And, and, and that's how you start it. That's true. I mean, it's so much of the show has evolved into being uh, centered on this relationship between Jimmy and Kim. And all the other characters end up, you know, intertwined with this very intimate relationship. Wow. Well, I have to say, Bob Odenkirk... The amazing performance that has evolved and evolved and evolved from the first time we saw you on Breaking Bad to uh, this extraordinary kind of role here. And and we are so happy that you are doing so well. We know you had a heart attack yeah. uh, making this show. Thank you so much. Everyone was so kind and uh, all these good wishes that I got on social media. Social media is great. <laughs> Well, it can be a force for goodness. It can. I mean, that, that showed me something. Uh, it meant a lot to me, and it still resonates for me, and it will probably the rest of my life. So, thanks. How, um, is it sad to leave this character? Yeah, I, I've, you know, look, we've done this for a long time. This is our sixth year, and really it encompasses probably, what, a seven or eight year time period from you know, starting to talk about it to finishing due to COVID breaks, due to heart attack breaks, due to just normal breaks between seasons. And we've had breaks. So in a weird way, even though I've acted the final scenes uh, and I know what happens, I don't think it's hit me until, I think I'll have to watch it along with everyone else. And that's when it'll hit me that that story is done, that character is, I can't say anything about it. Of course, <laughs> anything I say will be a spoiler, but there's a sense of closure. Um, and that's, I think, when it will hit me. But, and then I played it for years in Breaking Bad, although there's such a fundamental evolution that happens when you go to Better Call Saul from Breaking Bad. But it hasn't really hit me, you know? It's a little comes to me here and there. So when I see the finale with everyone else, I'll feel that feeling of like, oh, that's it. Wow. That'll be around the end of summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're going to show, I think, seven episodes and then take a break for a few weeks. Not long. Don't worry. Not that kind of break. <laughs> and then they'll show the last six. Mm -hmm.
Well, that was amazing. And, and you know, so, so many stories, and in this case, a better call called Saul, both off screen and on screen as it goes through its final season. So yes. listen, thank you to all of you for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. And everything else, thank you for joining us. Take care.